Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do great work, and you can find out more and give them a call by visiting the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast. And Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. Linda Harden will be joining us as well. She is the author of Greetings from Paradise. It is November the 30th, and on this day in 1835, Samuel Langhorn Clemens, later known as Mark Twain, was born in Florida, Missouri. Clemens was apprenticed to a printer at age 13 and later worked for his older brother, who established the Hannibal Journal. In 1857, the Keokuk Daily Post commissioned him to write a series of comic travel letters, but after writing five, he decided to become a steamboat captain instead. He signed on as a pilot's apprentice in 1857 and received his pilot's license in 1859 when he was 23 years of age. Clemens piloted boats for two years until the Civil War halted steamboat traffic. During his time as a pilot, he picked up the term Mark Twain, a boatman's call, noting that the river was only two fathoms deep, the minimum depth for a safe navigation. When Clemens returned to writing in 1861, working for the Virginia City Territory Enterprise, he wrote a humorous travel letter signed Mark Twain and continued to use the pseudonym for nearly 50 years. In 1864, he moved to San Francisco to work on a re- as a reporter. There, uh, he wrote the story that made him famous, the celebrated jumping frog of Calaveras County. In 1866, he traveled to Hawaii as a correspondent for the Sacramento Union. Next, he traveled the world writing accounts for papers in California and New York, which he later published the popular book, The Innocents Abroad. In 1870, Clemens married the daughter of a wealthy New York coal merchant and settled in Hartford, Connecticut, where he continued to write uh, travel accounts and lecture. In 1875, his novel, Tom Sawyer, was published, following the life on the Mississippi and his masterpiece, Huckleberry Finn, in 1885, maybe uh, arguably the best American novel ever written, that according to Ernest Hemingway. Bad investments left Clemens bankrupt after the publication of Huckleberry Finn, but he wrote back his financial standing with his next three books, Puddinhead Wilson, in 1894. Personal Recollections of Joan of Arc in 1895 and Following the Equator in 1897. In 1903, he and his family moved to Italy where his wife died. His death left him sad and bitter, and his work, while still humorous, grew pretty dark. He died in 1910. The story of Mark Twain. So interesting. Steamboat captain. Well, in one of the most uh, meaningful moments of his life, the gregarious Enos Cantor, Freedom, had to be himself, he appeared Monday at the Joseph Moakley Courthouse to officially become a U.S. citizen wearing a black T-shirt on 30-degree weather, this, of course, in Boston, that read, U.S. Citizen Established 2021. His application for his name change and citizenship was a mere formality. Both were approved quickly as he spent more time taking photos and shaking hands with court officials. We did it, he said. I waited for this for like six years now. It's finally happened, and it's a dream come true. You can call me Mr. Freedom. That's right, he changed his name to Enos Cantor Freedom. For years, he was a man without a home. He was banished from his native Turkey in 2017 for his open criticism of President Erdogan. America's taught me so much, he said. You've got freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom of press. Just because uh, of what you guys are writing, you guys are not in jails. But so many of your colleagues in Turkey are suffering and are in jail because they're doing their job. I want to carry that word freedom with me everywhere I go, said Enos Kanter. Congratulations to him. So proud of him. He's actually speaking out for the Uyghurs, who actually come from Turkey. In China, they're being uh, really subjugated. Their citizenship, they're being used, enslaved. And so Kanter's speaking out. And of course, this is against everything the NBA stands for. They want that. Crowd. They want the China's business, <clears throat> but uh, Cantor won't be silenced. 
and uh, his his t- playing time in Boston has actually increased. Great rebounder, by the way, and not very good in defense, which is why he's not starting in the first place. Enos Cantor, uh, Edis Freedom Cantor, uh, Edom, Enos Cantor Freedom, congratulations to you. Uh, Naples City Council on Monday unanimously approved the t- biggest two-year wage increase since the financial crisis of 2008 for close to half of the city's employees as part of the new labor contract. I think I'll hold off on talking to, about this until uh, uh, former Mayor Bill Barnett's on the show on Thursday, but it's uh, not a lot. It's 9% over two years. Nevertheless, uh, I know that he's concerned about the pay of first responders, so we'll check in with him on that. The Marine Corps has hit its deadline for active duty members to be fully vaccinated, with thousands still unvaccinated and no request for religious accommodation approved. The service announced Monday that the deadline was reached on Sunday, without about 95% of its active duty force having gotten at least one dose, but about 5% unvaccinated. That's 180,000 active duty members, so that's 9,000 or more active duty Marines who are not fully vaccinated, as required by Biden administration mandate for all service members in August. The Marine Corps warned in October that Marines who do not comply with the mandate will be separated. The Navy Secretary has said they will not be kicked out of the day after the deadline, but it is unclear what happens next. We'll be addressing each case on a case-by-case basis, Navy Secretary Carlos de Toro told reporters last week. Uh, we're just not going to kick them all out on the day of the deadline itself. He indicated the Navy, which the Marine Corps is a component, would give Marines an opportunity to change their mind. He reportedly said, we're going to try and find out what their problem is and hold it hold up in getting the vaccine, try to counsel them as best we can, offer them as opportunity to change their mind with regards to the vaccinations. Hopefully they'll get the vaccination at that point in time. And if they don't, obviously they're not going to be capable, able to continue serving in the Marine Corps. Pretty stupid. I mean, take a look at what's happening with uh, the uh, effectiveness of the vaccines. They're <laughs> just not protecting people very long. And now we've got a new variant wonder if they'll have any protection whatsoever from the vaccine. So this whole thing is ill-conceived, as is most of the decisions made by Joe Biden, doing more harm than good. Kind of interesting, you draw a red line in the sand, and uh, the red line disappears, and so we're going to talk about it, individual, one by one. I wonder if it'll be a two-way dialogue. I wonder if they'll listen to uh, what Marine Corps members say when they don't want to get vaccinated. Will they be influenced by it? I don't think that's really their intent. Well, even with the recent discovery of a new COVID-19 strain that's supposedly a variant of concern, according to the WHO, the World Health Organization, the White House Office of Management and Budget is telling federal agencies behind the scenes that they should refrain from suspending or firing federal workers who have not complied with Biden's authoritarian vaccine mandate until the holidays are over. According to a memo obtained by ABC News, the enforcement delay should last for the next six weeks which would allow federal workers to keep their jobs until sometime in January. The new policy has not yet been publicly announced and comes at the time when the Biden regime is using the federal government to compel private employers to adopt and enforce vaccine mandates on their own, especially when the advent of the newly discovered COVID variant Omicron. Biden was even uh, trotted out on the podium earlier today to cry wolf and stoke the media flames about danger of Omicron poses mumbling something about needing a vaccine the entire world in order to save the humanity from a virus that has overall got about a 99.9% recovery rate, like the flu. The fear-mongering is just endless. Too bad. And if it's so important, if it's emergency, why are we putting it off until after the holidays? I guess the expectation is that the flu or the the virus is just going to hang around for a while and not do anything to hurt people over the holidays. Hmm. Very strange. Federal judge on Monday blocked President Joe Biden's administration for enforcing a coronavirus vaccine mandate on thousands of healthcare workers in 10 states that brought the first legal challenge against the requirement. The court order said the federal centers for Medicare and Medicaid had no clear authority from Congress to enact the vaccine mandate for providers participating in the two government healthcare programs. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt held a press conference on Monday afternoon to make a statement in response to the judge's ruling. What the court said today was that the Biden administration has no authority. There's no statutory authority for them to do this, none whatsoever, he said during the press conference. 
He said he expects the Department of Justice to appeal the ruling and expects the case to go on to the Supreme Court. My hope is uh, the Supreme Court will uh, knock down all of these mandates, which of course are totally illegal, and actually impose on the individual freedoms in the Bill of Rights, the freedoms that are spelled out in the Constitution. And by the way, the largest children's hospital in Wisconsin has been struggling to care for patients and injured in the Waukesha Christmas parade attack on November the 21st, in large part because of staffing shortages stemming from its COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Earlier in the fall, Children's uh, set a November 15th deadline for all members to be vaccinated against COVID. They're in about 90% uh, compliance, but that's 10% that aren't compliant. Children's Wisconsin spokesperson said that uh, in late October that all employees who were not fully vaccinated by November 15th would be fired the following day. Well, now they don't have the staff to take care of the kids that were run over by this bozo, uh, this criminal uh, in Washika. Uh, Wisconsin. How sad is that? This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks in Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harton, the host of the Bob Harton Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambos says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. Golden Gate Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected into the community and with each other. The Golden Gate Senior Center provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Tatiana Fortune, director of the Golden Gate Senior Center. We want to be able to connect you to whatever service or activity. And even if the person doesn't want to come out for socialization, if they have a question about, um, hey, where do I go for transportation? Where do I go for uh, a certain health care? If they have a need, we are able to point them in that direction through our information and referral service. So we're more than happy to assist in that as well. To find out more, visit CallYourSeniorResources.org. That's CallYourSeniorResources.org or call the Senior Center directly at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Right now we have with us Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. So grateful that you could join us, Kathleen. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Just listening to the uh, advertisement for the 
Golden Gate Senior Center, and uh, I know that uh, you and your family have played a large part in getting that going back in the day, but, you know, for people that are isolated right now, and of course we all get a little bit more isolated, especially with COVID-19 and all the things that have happened in the last two years, it's a pretty darn important resource, isn't it? Well, absolutely. They do serve a a very much underserved population, and what they do for our seniors is uh, immeasurable. It, it keeps them vibrant, uh, healthy, mentally, and, uh, you know, I, I encourage uh, families. A lot of families are up north, and their loved one, their, their you know, grandmother, grandfather, are living alone down here in Florida, and I encourage them to hook them up with the senior center so that they can, you know, they make friends, they have activities. I was last time I was there. I I walked into a quilting class, and these these ladies were making the most beautiful quilts, and so they were having a great time doing it. Uh, absolutely. Uh, again, the it's the yes. Collier Resource, uh, Senior Resources, I guess it is, is the name of the overall organization. But against the Golden Gate right. Senior Center that. Senior uh, Center. Uh, so, Kathleen, you're up in Tallahassee this week. It's the final week of committee uh, meetings before the legislative session. What's your focus? Well, uh, this week, you know, the big committees are, are meeting to go to start rolling some of the bills. It's a little slower than it has been in the past. Uh, usually by now, um, a number of bills have gone to the beginning to go through the process, but you know, we had, um, as you know, we had special session our last committee week, and then uh, so that took the whole week up. And and we also are, have been working on the uh, maps with the redistricting process. So uh, the the bills themselves have been slow in coming. Although I've got some, um, I'm on the education committee, and there's some major bills that we're considering dealing with charter schools today. Uh, and it's interesting that normally. Uh, the public are here in droves, and I guess with COVID from from last year, they got used to not being here. So we'll see. I don't see people wandering the halls like they used to. It's it's very quiet here. Um, uh, I assume when session starts, that'll change. Yeah, that's so interesting. Well, so I want to talk about the uh, the new variant and the impact that it's having. But uh, before we do, there's some criticism about what's going on with redistricting in Florida. And I'm speaking now of uh, the war room with uh, uh, Steve Bannon, and he's saying that we should get more out of this for the uh, Make America Great movement. I just wanted to see what are your thoughts about this redistricting process in Florida? Well, here's here's the problem with that's a political statement that unfortunately. Uh, creates issues because we have a constitutional um, uh, parameters for our uh, map drawing. We cannot favor a political party. It's prohibited in our Constitution. We cannot favor incumbents. So, uh, you know, I understand what Bannon was saying, but that's all political theater. Mm -hmm. It's it, it is um, it's illegal for us to do that mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. You know, if, if we were not in the majority, if we didn't have a Republican majority, we'd be hooting and hollering, carrying on. If we were, you know, if the Democrats were favoring the Democratic Party, as it, as the way I look at it, what we're doing is the right thing in that we are doing huge um, voter registration drives, as you pointed out, I think last week. We have um, uh, exceeded in Republican registrations the Democrats for the first time in many, many years. Um, And so we are well on the way to uh, Republican registrations, voter registrations. So so that's the way to do it. I mean, it's just the election of... um, you know, Republicans. But we can't do it by manipulating the maps. And uh, the Senate maps that came out have been uh, almost praised. Well, it's hard, (laughs) you know, the Democrats can't want to find something wrong with it. But they haven't been able to because we follow the law. And we have no no other alternative, nor, nor should we. Yeah. I guess the the important, I wanted to to hear your comments because the fact of the matter is, even if you tried to strong arm and push uh, gerrymandering through and, and changing the districts, the court's going to step in and get it corrected anyhow, right? Exactly. And whether you have, you know, if you, you take a position that the court leans one way or the other, there's still the system. 
mm-hmm. and they're going they're going to follow the law. They're going to interpret the law the way it's meant to be. So we have a very, you know, very specific constitution um, and and also federal law with the Voting Rights Act that we must comply with, and, and we are going to, because if we don't, uh, no matter what we do, there's going to be litigation. We just don't want to have what happened the last time because everything was in disarray. You know, we had two elections in two years, and, and, that, and that kind of puts a... Um, a monkey wrench in the process. So, uh, you know, I can I look can look at the Senate maps and they are compact. They are contiguous. Um, they were well well drawn mm-hmm. and not subject to much criticism. You know, people are going to criticize no matter what. That's... Uh, there has been some criticism leveled at the House maps, which came out yes yesterday. Um, uh, but, you know, that'll sort its way through the process as well. Absolutely. I guess the major criticism I have is we should have ended up with more seats in the House of Representatives and that somehow, some way that didn't work out the way I thought it should. So it makes me wonder if there's not something nefarious going on with the uh, census. Uh, you know, I don't think, I think part of the problem is um, uh, that with COVID, the, the census um, collection was, imperfect mm-hmm. at best and and uh, you know i i think um we, we could have as a state done more to count people that are actually here um i had some ideas that you know but it was kind of too late you're using technology and uh, getting to the people who live here you know through say condo associations homeowner associations yeah. like a lot of people just didn't complete the census. Yeah, that that that's the bottom line. Just a lot of people didn't do it, and had, and I don't think people realize that for every uh, person that's counted, it gets counted for federal dollars. It's not just the number of seats in the House of Representatives, yeah. but it's also the amount of dollars. And I I don't think people realize that, and they just didn't fill it out. Yeah, great point. Well, Kathleen, before I let you go, this Omicron uh, Omicron variant now yeah. apparently discovered in south africa is creating all kinds of wave waves of fear across the united states and across the globe frankly already we've seen mandates imposed in new york and other places any right. thoughts what's what's happening in tallahassee any thoughts about that well in tallahassee we're we're saying let's follow the science the science is not there yet mm-hmm. there has been uh, no uh there has been nothing showing that this is a huge issue People in Africa are saying, why is the media saying that it's a, a, a mess over here when it's not? And, yeah. and frankly, I think the media, because they have nothing else to report, are, are turning this into a story that at this point um, there's no reason to. And, yeah. um, and, and I blame them for, for doing that. You know, when you've got a 24-hour news cycle, they've got to come up with something. So they're, they're already off to the races on this as being um, a, a, a sort of a an uber pandemic when yeah. there's no science yet uh and hopefully there won't be that would that would that would bear out their reporting yeah unfortunately that tends to be more the rule than the exception right now is yes. <laughs> pushing fake news I know. I know. kathleen vasilum again our state senator so jen as you're great grateful that you took time with us today thank you so much for joining us Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, Boo Morton. Someone's going to find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com 
or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by Gulf Shore Playhouse. You just heard about the Performing Arts Center that's being built in downtown Naples. Breaking ground tomorrow, by the way. But also bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. Uh, we're halfway through uh, the holidays, including Halloween and Thanksgiving, and we've got the third one coming up. You know, every time I say we'll find out what's new with Boo, it just makes me smile, Boo. <laughs> Always enjoy your commentary. So how was Thanksgiving? You know, it was wild, fun, ate too much, drank too much, ran around with the kids, exhausting, had a great time, typical what Thanksgiving should be. But I will tell you that I have a 40-year-old son, my youngest son, that refused to get a COVID shot and got COVID. Mm -hmm. He and his fiance, she got very sick. He got horribly sick. They ended up rushing him to the emergency room and uh, ended up with pneumonia and in the hospital, and and he's a healthy kid. Yeah. Uh, it is scary stuff. It is. Uh, let me, one of the concerns I have, and I hope he's okay, I hope both of them are okay. He is. Uh, but uh, the, right now they have these protocols, apparently, for COVID, and they call pneumonia, they call it COVID pneumonia, and they have special protocols and things that they do to treat it that aren't necessarily in line with what I consider to be the best interest of the patient. I mean, patients need, for example, massive doses of vitamin D and uh, E and this type of thing, and uh, that they hold off on that and stick you on an incubator or on a, uh, respirator. Some, a respirator, sure. So uh, how was this treatment? Um, it was pretty standard. Uh, it was, I would think it's probably pretty standard uh, pneumonia. They give you steroids to help with the inflammation of your lungs mm -hmm. and antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was about it. Yeah. You know, they gave him, he was dehydrated, so they gave him, you know, saline solution. He was not on a ventilator, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll tell you when his oxygen levels stabilized, even though he just still felt horrible, but his oxygen level what had wasn't plummeting because of the pneumonia, they said, okay, you can go home. Wow. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. But there, I think there's such a demand for uh, space. You know, it was on a COVID unit yeah. in the hospital, and a lot of people are, have got it. Now he's home, but holy Toledo, this is a long haul to get, uh, get back and uh, get your health back. It's serious a, stuff. It's yeah. far more serious than than when it happens to you or a friend or in your own family. You have a different perspective. Yeah, no, no question about it. I, I'm reading right now uh, a book by Robert Kennedy Jr., who's a lifelong Democrat, by the way. But his the name of the book is "The Real Tony Fau Anthony Fauci." It's a great read, and it's just about this topic in and of itself. 
really fascinating. And uh, while nobody wants to suffer from COVID, I mean, I can't imagine having your oxygen levels go down to 82%, not being able to breathe, the panic that must set in. I, I mean, I, I'm totally sympathetic and understanding of people's concern about this. But there are therapeutics that are available that have been denied the marketplace because of uh, Tony Fauci pushing, pushing the uh, vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure they politicized COVID and they, they certainly monetized it. Um, I, yes. Can you change it? I don't know. I mean, you know, you've said that you're not vaccinated. Do you feel comfortable with that decision? And let me, that's question one. Question two is, do your friends feel comfortable being around you and you're not vaccinated? Uh, I, first of all, I don't advertise the fact that I'm not va- vaccinated, but apparently <laughs> it's advertised it pretty now. well. <laughs> it is now. Well, number one. But number two, uh, I, I, I think it's also a personal, uh, you know, like uh, personal information. I'm willing to share it, but uh, uh, I feel very comfortable with my decision around that based on the research that I've done, and I've done a lot. Uh, I have real concerns about about the efficacy of the vaccines. They seem the efficacy seems to wear off, and uh, people do, who I mean, there are people in the hospitals on respirators that have been vaccinated, even with a booster. So, uh, you know, yeah. it's a it's a, it's a real wild west out there, and I think we should pay attention to the real science. And uh, I I personally take zinc, take vitamin C, take uh, lysine, take all the things that I can take daily in order to fend off, uh, you know, the, uh, the virus. But, you know, who's, who knows? Maybe I'll end up getting it. Maybe die from it. Who knows? But uh, it's a crapshoot. And right now we're thinking about giving this vaccine to little kids, 5 to 11 years old. The risk to them is higher, according to research, uh, to, to get the vaccine. The risk of death is higher if they get the vaccine than if they don't. Uh, yes, I can tell you that that ruling has also affected my family. We were going to go on a Disney cruise outside of Miami yeah. in February. And I have a five- and a four-year-old grand ch- grandchildren. And Disney said it had to be 13-year-old kids and up. Now they just changed it and said, nope, five-year-old kids. That was a deal killer. We pulled out. Yeah. Well, we, we canceled our cruise because you, if you're going to go on the cruise, you not only have to be vaccinated, fully vaccinated, and what, who knows what that's going to mean by the time it comes in February. Maybe it'll mean a booster as well. Not only that, but you have to show uh, have a test within 48 hours at the start of the cruise to prove that you don't have the infection. So, you know, and, and I'm sure there's going to be masks and all kinds of things. So that didn't sound like a vacation to us. We just, uh, hey, give us our money back. We're out. <laughs> Well, I agree. I, I talked to people at Disney, and I said, well, when you're on board, you know, walking around, going from one place, point A to point B, I mean, you don't live outside. You walk to dining rooms and yeah. different venues on the boat. Oh, no, you have to wear a mask. And I thought, are you crazy? Yeah. You know, no, that's not going to work. Well, so on the, on the, was, on the Actually, it was an easy decision. Yeah, on the other hand, I mean, let's not forget about Legionnaire's disease. Didn't that all start on cruise ships? So... Uh, they are very careful. I think cruise ships, quite frankly, are the, the healthiest place to be because you've got these machines to put stuff on your hands all over the place, and they're yeah, pretty darn careful with uh, cleanliness. Yeah. But uh, irrespective, I heard about one cruise that was fully vaccinated, not only the crew, but as as well as the passengers, and they ended up with like 60 or 70 cases of COVID <laughs> on the cruise ship. So you just can't tell. No, and now they've got another variant, and oh, yeah, oh my, yeah. I think everybody is getting COVID fatigue. It's now like, yeah, there's another one. Well, and and Israel closed their borders. Yeah, I mean that's extreme. It, it really is. Well, Boo, we had other things to talk about, but son of a gun, we're not going to get around to it today. But I just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Always an interesting and fun conversation, Boo. I hope your son and, and your daughter-in-law. Next, next week, we're going to talk about. How much it cost? How much it cost Americans to get through the holidays? And I'll tell you something: there's a lot of pent up desire to spend. Absolutely, which is that's that's near and dear to my heart: shopping and spending, <laughs> and bacon. <laughs> bacon, I love bacon. It's yeah. better with bacon. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Boo.
My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A perfect product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall and a classical virtual school, Optima Classical Academy, will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new refreshing social networking platform. You can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. One word, choice social, and then .us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden, author of Greetings from Paradise. Right now we have with us Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seaton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Seaton. Tell us about less government. Uh, I can't, because no one's doing it. <laughs> yeah, but it's an aspiration, and it's yeah. an important one. <laughs> Don't give up, Seaton. <laughs> yes, dare to dream. <laughs> dare to dream. So, Seaton, you wrote a great column. Uh, zombie votes, leftist unelected bureaucrats voting after they left their gigs. You said, well said as a musician. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, there's a there's an ex-commissioner at the Federal Trade Commission whose name escapes me, and it doesn't matter. These yeah. people are interchangeable. And what what they did was they filed like ten votes on at least ten. We only know about one. Mm-hmm. We think it's ten. It may be more mm. on future agenda items. For the Federal Trade Commission. Hmm. Because what happens is the left's freaking out because Biden's either hasn't appointed nominees or the nominees haven't been confirmed by the Senate yet. So a lot of these agencies, there's supposed to be five commissioners, one of whom acts as chairman, three of the president's party. Well, a lot of these places are two, too. Yeah. So they're, they can't advance their leftist agendas. Because it's a 2-2 tie. They'd vote on it, and the two Republicans would vote no, and nothing would move. So there, this guy was leaving, and he, or girl, I, again, I, I, I don't pay any attention to these people other than what they're doing. I don't care who they are. Right. And filed a bunch of votes, you know, posthumously, like he left a will, <laughs> you know, yeah. of, of future agenda items for the FTC. And... 
So obviously what he did was, because, you know, they, they announced their agenda, their, their monthly meetings, and they announced their agenda a couple weeks before the meeting. So quite obviously he, can, he colluded with the remaining Democrats on what the future agenda items would be. So let me get this straight. And filed votes for them. So let me get this this straight. So we have an unelected official who's termed out in terms of serving on the Federal Trade Commission. And he says, well, you know, you've got some important things coming up. So I'm going to go ahead and vote on those things, even though I won't have the right to do so. I won't be there to cast the ballot. (laughs) And the fun part is, this is where it gets real fun. How does he... But remember, everything these bureaus do, these agencies do... Yeah. It's supposed to exist within the confines of law passed by Congress and signed by the president. Right. They can't have any agenda other than the agenda Congress and the president give them. Right. Via law. The president can't just show up and go, hey, do this. Because we, pr- we pretend the Federal Trade Commission and the Federal Communications Commission and some of these other agencies, Justice, are independent. They're independent agencies, and the president can't order them around. Well, if that's true, then it's unconstitutional because you've created a fourth branch of government. Right. So, with, with, with here back here in constitutional reality, Congress passes laws that says, "Hey, FTC, hey, FCC, do X, Y, and Z," and then their agenda items each month. Ha- should be within the confines of what Congress has told them to do, and no more. Um, and of course, the fun part about how how you, you say how did the FTC commissioners get get the ability to cast posthumous votes? Oh, they interpreted their rules and said they could do it. Yeah, it's you know it's, you know that's like saying to your kid, why don't you make up your own allowance? So here's here's the well, thing. Gee, I wonder how much money that's going to be. I know. So see, uh, this I mean, how many ABC uh, agencies do we have right now? None of them have elected officials. Most of them exceeding their uh, the boundaries of their uh, areas of operation, all, theater of operation. I would, bet, I would say all of them with some pretty some high degree of competence. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, the point being is that uh, you know this should all be up to Congress. Congress is just absolutely. Relinquished. They've advocated the responsibility to the courts and to the bureaucracy. Absolutely, yes. and the consequence and, of and all. And by the way, and this is part of my point in the piece. If you know, I, I, I said that we have to nip this in the bud. Mm-hmm. If if the FTC gets away with doing this, you're telling me the other agencies aren't going to reinterpret their interpret their rules? Yeah. And determine that they can do this? Because of the FCC, the left has been going nuts ever since Biden was sworn in because he hasn't broken the two-two tie at the FCC. Yeah. And here's and one of their main items, you and I have discussed it, is net neutrality. They want the FCC to jam us with net neutrality again. And I remind in the piece, and I remind your listeners now, Congress has never passed a law with the phrase or concept of net neutrality in it. Right. So this is a, an agenda item outside their legal boundaries. So you're telling me, for example, if Rosenworcel, she's the acting commissioner on a 2-2, acting chairman on a 2-2 tie, she's been re-nominated to be the full chairman. Mm-hmm. If she goes away, because her term's almost up, it would actually be a 2-1 Republican majority under Biden with a de- the only Democrat being the chairman. Hmm. So they've been freaking out that they can't advance their leftist agenda items like net neutrality, which they aren't allowed to do. You're telling me that in, in that circumstance, if Rosenworcel doesn't get confirmed, she's not going to maybe reinterpret the FCC rules and cast a bunch of zombie votes yeah. on stuff on the way out the door? I mean, this is absurd. Yeah. This is completely absurd. This is so authoritarian. It's just unbelievable. Well, it's an object lesson on the deep state, isn't it? I mean, the other the other ploy that they employ is to, for example, sue themselves and get somebody to sue them on the left. Right. The, le- the, 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 the EPA is the kings of this. Yeah. And then, the leftist environmental groups sue the EPA. Oh, we'll settle. <laughs> they settle. The EPA. They oh, we'll settle with, with, government, with your money. 
Yeah, and they yes. su- they settle in a way favorable to the leftist position, so it never well, sees... them a ton of our money. Yeah, and it never sees yeah. the light and of day. under the terms of the settlement, change EPA policy. Yeah, Seton, it's just, uh, you can't make this stuff up. It's just unbelievable. But uh, it's kind of interesting story is I wonder why Biden hasn't filled that position. I wonder if he nominated a communist as he did, for example. Well, no, because- he has now named Rosenworcel as the permanent chairman, and the fifth vote is Gigi Sohn, who is, the, I used her as a visual aid example of the absolute worst pick he could possibly make. <laughs> see, like, as, you know, as a hypothetical, I said, the worst pick he could possibly make is, a, is Gigi Sohn, and he picks you. No, I know Gigi. I, put, I like her. I had two panel, Capitol Hill panel uh, events. Where I, uh, everyone does these panel events, and it's five people that all agree with each other. I said, this is lame. So I, I got a reporter from the Hill, and I did a three-on-three debate, which I thought was a lot more interesting. And Gigi was on the panels, both of them, and helped me find the other leftist uh, participants. Yeah. She's a great woman. She's po- politically insane. Yeah, that's, that's just to happen. See- and, and, and so that's... The holdup, the, the Senate looks like they're going to very rapidly confirm Rosenworcel, and so it's going to be a bit of a problem. See, this has been a great conversation. I just genuinely appreciate your conversation here on the show. I'll remind our listeners of your website. You can find this column, Zombie Votes, Leftist Unelected Bureaucrats Vote After They've Left Their Gigs. LessGovernment.org is the website. Of course, you can follow Less Government on Facebook. See, I always appreciate your commentary. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day, sir. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, Linda Harden, author of Greetings from Paradise. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year. And since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity, maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show as we're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife, beautiful wife, and just enjoy her so much. She also is the author of Greetings from Paradise. Just sent out one recently, and uh, many people will just love 
getting her greetings from Paradise about what's happening here on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning to you. Well, uh, you know, I've kind of reserved this time for us to talk a little bit about Anthony Fauci. The supreme being, Anthony Fauci. Uh, yes, I mean, he's... He has crowned himself the yeah, king of all science. Yeah, you look, I am science. You're liars. If you don't agree with me, you are denying science. That's uh, his position about, about things going on in life. And uh, he's, he represents anything. His science is voodoo science, in my opinion. He never references a study, never references... Uh, information uh, like a scientist should about uh, the but proof. He, but he always follows it. He always follows the science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what's, what's interesting is that he made a huge blunder the other day, a huge blunder hmm. uh, when he was on, I don't know if it was Face the Nation or, or whatever it was, but um, uh, this Margaret Brennan was talking to him about Ted, Ted uh, Cruz, yeah. uh, you know, calling him out on all of his ego and, and whatever, and said that Anthony Fauci should be prosecuted. Well, Anthony Fauci decided that, that he, he, he came on with this very phony laugh, ha, 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 oh, that, I find that very funny, and then he, you know what he, he just... He brought up January the 6th. Yeah, and, and he made his whole MO political, yeah. which was the biggest mistake he could have made, and, and he, knows, he knows people are onto him, and it's becoming more and more aware. Oh, by the way... This book about uh, Anthony, the real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy is amazing. So I, amazing. I'm going to say this. I'm reading the book right now, and I, of course my thinking is influenced tremendously by this brilliant man who's written this book about the real Anthony Fauci and the science that's going on right now. It is shocking to see the influence. I mean, literally, you could make the case that uh, Anthony Fauci is responsible for 500,000 deaths here in the United States as a result of the policy that's been put in place through his guidance and leadership on uh public health well, follow the money yeah follow the money and and what was really interesting is and why the futures are down so much this morning is that the the ceo of moderna which is putting money hand over fist into anthony fauci's pocket because he's he's part owner of that, or some business association with that has said that the efficacy for this vex the vaccine might not work on this new variant yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, I've, I have not read the book yet by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not anti-vaccine. No, he's but not. But he is definitely anti-Fauci. He's definitely anti Well, and of course, and he makes the case for it brilliantly. He's footnoted every one of the points that he makes, so it's uh, you can challenge it, certainly, but the, the point is that he validates everything that he says with the backup information and studies that uh, suggest that he's in the right on what he's saying. And uh, Fauci, you know, one of the things that I really I find despicable, if the CDC should have basically come out and say, look, we've got this pandemic. We don't know what's going on, but it'd be a good idea if everybody got a half an hour of sunshine, take some vitamin C, some zinc, D, D uh, you know, do some uh, glycine. Get, out, get, out, get outside and live your life. Live your life, but instead, get the vaccine. That's the whole message. It's the only message. Uh, they don't acknowledge, for example, uh, the CDC nor Fauci, uh, the immunity that's created by getting the uh, vac getting the virus in the first place. They don't acknowledge the efficacy of therapeutics, and even hydroxychloroquine is therapeutic, and it's been used in Africa to great to a great extent, and very uh, it's proven to be very helpful to people in Africa. Uh, and there's so many other therapeutics that are available, cocktails that could be uh, created. But uh, right now, they are all poo-pooed. In fact, here in Collier County, did you know that you can't even get prescriptions for ivermectin or some of these other things that are, uh, that are useful in helping people with their health uh, because of uh, the, the CDC? Well, one of the reasons that Anthony Fauci, I mean, not, yeah, Anthony Fauci has blood on his hands is because um, way back when, when Donald Trump um, proposed hydroxychloroquine, and could have saved so many lives, yeah. and um, Anthony Fauci just poo-pooed it and said, "No, no, no, we've got to push these these vaccines. Vaccines are the only way." He is, you know what? That man is so corrupt. And well, it, here's here's the reason and why. How many people died for for needlessly because of that? So, if if in fact he said that, you know, you're right, Mr. President, hydroxychloroquine is a great therapeutic that nullifies 
the emergency use of the vaccine mm-hmm. and uh, then creates all kinds of liability, possible liability for Pfizer and other companies that are creating these vaccines. Vaccines. By the way, I don't know if, you, if you're aware of this, you might be aware, but, but this new Omicron variant that's come out of South Africa, neither Fauci or any of the other, these other talking heads will acknowledge the fact that it's no big deal. Yeah. That this, that this variant is very mild. It, makes people, it doesn't even make people sick. And by the way, people in Africa won't get vaccinated. I think they said 7% of the population um, uh, is vaccinated. They just don't, they just, they rely on, on immune systems and, and whatever. And none of the talking heads on TV will even acknowledge that. Yeah, well, and of course, people in Africa live with the threat of malaria every day. So that, you know, they, that, that has been a constant thing hanging over their heads. So they're not, they're used to having this kind of a problem and living with it day to day. And they, they take hydroxychloroquine as well uh, on a daily basis. Which costs them, what, pennies? Pennies, yeah. The dose costs two pennies. The whole thing is so corrupt, and it's so dangerous. Quite frankly, it's, it's a shame that our public health system has been subordinated now. So it's gotten to the point, quite frankly, that I have serious questions about uh, not only public health, but the health that's being offered through doctors and uh, through the hospital. Well... Don't even get me started. Yeah. I mean, don't even get me started on that. It is so it is so corrupt, and, and which leads us to back to um, plugs Biden, who is who can't get his story straight about this, no matter which way he turns. Oh, by the way, can someone please answer me this? Okay, we're we're everybody needs to get vaccinated and the booster and all that stuff. So why are they pushing masks again? We've come full circle. Yeah. We've come full circle. So why are all these people, okay, everybody's gotten vaccinated, so they're still, still wearing masks. So and, the, the studies show that the masks do, cloth masks especially, do absolutely no good whatsoever. And what they, they may do is give one a peace of mind. In fact, I went into a, a store, and the woman said, I'd appreciate it if you wear a mask. I have uh, uh, issues. I have health issues, and I would really appreciate it if you wear a mask. I, I put on the mask. I rarely uh, wore a mask in the last two years. But I put it on for her because I could tell that she was serious and I had empathy for her. But I knew when I put it on, it did her absolutely no good. Well, guess what? I hate to tell you this, but I'm not going to compromise my health Yeah. by putting on a mask. Anything that b- blocks your breathing mechanism right. compromises your immune system. That's exactly right. And, it, and I, you know what? If, if, she's, if she's out and about in public yeah. and she wants everybody else to cower to her, then she should stay home if she's got health problems. Yeah, no, she was behind the counter at her own store. So, yeah, you're right, though. I mean, uh, I basically fed into her fear. Then uh, she should be wearing a mask. Yeah, she was. She was. Well, then, then what? I it's so hip- hypocritical. I can't yeah. even get over. It. By the way, I was reading something very interesting this morning. Before we go, uh, on Telegram, is that the way to get your your um, if you've had COVID and you lose your taste and smell. It's something that we do all the time, but but guess what's the best way to to uh, get your taste back? Raw garlic, isn't wow. that cool? That because, is cool. Because how often do we you know eat those olives with the garlic in them, which yeah, are so good? Yeah. Plus the broccoli with garlic. Yeah. Yeah. Love garlic. Hey. We, actually, it's it's actually garlic with broccoli. <laughs> so much garlic in it. I know, but it's so antioxidant. And, and quickly, I just want to do a shout out to this new. Um, this new uh, place to eat in Waterside Shops, which I passed by yesterday. Santa Fe Grill. Yeah. It's, it's on the arm of Waterside where California Pizza Kitchen is. They're serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, they are open from 9 to 6. And when I walked by yesterday, the smell of bacon was intoxicating. What's better than bacon? Linda Harden, again, greetings from paradise. You can find Linda's greetings from paradise on my website, bobharden.com, on the pull-down tab. Greetings from Paradise. Linda, always appreciate your commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute and constitutional scholar, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, author of so many books. His latest is What Makes Humans Truly Exceptional. He's also coming out with a book uh, written, co-authored with Buzz Aldrin. And he, of course, his column uh, is uh, on point on uh, Newsmax.com. We'll be visiting with Larry as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.
so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.